0: Greetings, North Carolinians. Grab a cheer wine and settle in. It's time to talk civics, politics, and everything in between. Welcome to the Vote Local NC podcast. We'll chat every Monday from now through elections. Each week, we cover one topic in depth. Imagine talking to your friend who's really into politics. If you don't have that friend, Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm your friend who's really into politics. This week, let's talk about districts. Districts as in voting districts, gerrymandering, your local representative, all those good things. Districts define which voters are represented by which politicians. For US senators, the whole state is one district. Same for governor and other statewide elected positions such as treasurer or attorney general. Districts vary for other elections, sometimes defined by county, city, or school district, for elections like county commissioner, mayor, or school board. The districts that get all the discussion are the districts that are the responsibility of the state legislature, which rely on census data for drawing the actual district lines to create districts for the U.S. House of Representatives. Each district should have the same number of people per district to achieve equal representation. State constitutions generally have similar language for their state legislature elections. Simple enough, definitely not easy. Setting aside the differing opinions of what equal representation entails, splitting residences into groups that contain equal numbers of residents is easier said than done. Even regularly spaced single-family homes contain unpredictable numbers of residents, it quickly gets complicated with real-world housing. To assist in the process of creating maps, state legislators can rely on software, experts in the field, local knowledge, voter registration records, even historical records of neighborhoods and property lines. This irregular pattern of where people live can result in some odd divisions, weird lines, and living in a different district than your next-door or across-the-way neighbor. Sometimes, this is the result of good-faith weirdness in developmental planning, sometimes this is the result of bad faith attempts to influence the makeup of the legislature this is where we need to pick back up the opinions on what equal representation means the guiding concept is one person one vote which is why districts need to be equal in number of people represented by each elected official at that level These differing levels of government are why a single address is part of several voting districts—a state House district, a state Senate district, a U.S. House district, plus any relevant local districts. The purpose of an elected representative in our governmental system is to advocate for a specific group of people. Whether at the local, state, or federal level, this is a tall order for one person. Within a district, there are likely to be varying needs and priorities. This is really how the system is meant to work. If a whole entire district has a shared love of bagels, hopefully that representative will advocate for pro-bagel policies. This is also where it can start to get tricky and where the specific lines for a district can influence recognized needs and priorities. Maybe within a district, most but not all of the people are bagel fans. Bagel sandwiches, bagels with cream cheese, bagel chips, all manner of bagels. Bagel fans are pretty happy. There's also a contingent of donut fans. It's not a small number, maybe 40% of the district. And maybe that matches the state overall. Bagel people are about 60% of the people, while donut fans are about 40% of the people. Fall as well, perhaps the donut fans live near donut shops and congregate together, eating donuts, swapping recipes, sharing lists of the best donut shops around. They might even have a majority in some districts and elect pro donut representatives. This is where a nuanced view of one person, one vote comes in. Maybe the donut people should have a pro-donut representative. In fact, maybe the state legislature should match the state overall—60% pro-bagel and 40% pro-donut. Breakfast is, after all, the most important meal of the day. Instead of breakfast food, imagine this is another central identity. Most commonly race, though it could also be socioeconomic status, job type, homeownership status, or something similarly central to daily life. For those in the 40%, seeing a legislature that entirely or nearly entirely represents the 60% sure doesn't feel like one person, one vote. If drawn well by people acting in good faith, district maps could be drawn with the specific intention to ensure the donut fans have a voice in matters at the state level. Pro-bagel policies are not inherently anti-donut. Ensuring donut fans have their voices represented does no harm to the bagel enthusiasts. Maybe the pro-donut policies benefit bagel lovers as well. Assuming all districts have equal numbers of people, balancing for a core issue like breakfast can help ensure equal representation at the state level. Okay, so let's talk gerrymandering. From its inception, gerrymandering was a bad-faith effort to make it easier for a particular party to gain or stay in power. Four major types of gerrymandering, packing, cracking, hijacking, and kidnapping. We're going to continue the bagels and donuts metaphor because we're already committed. Packing is when a district is drawn with the intention of concentrating voters sharing one specific aspect into one area, limiting influence. Cracking is the opposite, spreading out influence across voting districts to reduce the chances that the influence takes hold. Hijacking is when redrawing districts results in incumbents running against each other. Kidnapping is when the district redrawing results in an incumbent politician no longer living in their district. Packing and cracking often work together. Imagine the bagel fans are the majority in the legislature. Gathering the donut fans into one district, resulting in a strong donut majority, will make it easier to ensure the donut fans in other districts are a very small proportion of the district. If successful, this gerrymandering would result in a legislature that underrepresents donut fans as well as their specific needs and priorities. Hijacking would be if the new majority donut district had two pro donut incumbents, previously representing two separate districts, running against each other. Instead of pitting these politicians against each other, kidnapping could result in a popular pro-donut representative no longer living in the district they represent, most often done to move a pro-donut politician to a heavily pro-Bagel district. Generally, this disqualifies the representative from continuing to serve their district unless they move back into the district. Why is gerrymandering bad? Gerrymandering intentionally diminishes the voice of specific voters. North Carolina has had new maps in the last three elections. The 2020 census results meant that there needed to be an increase in U.S. House districts in North Carolina. North Carolina previously had 13 districts. It now has 14 districts. Fun fact, New York State lost a district. Accordingly, the State House and State Senate district maps were also updated. State level district maps can be updated separately from federal representative maps, which allows for quicker responses to changing populations and also more volatility in districts and representation. As is specifically allowed under the 1965 Voting Rights Act, lawsuits are considered a normal and appropriate legal remedy for maps that are not in alignment with existing state and federal laws, the state constitution, or generally accepted principles of fairness and representation. These cases are heard at both the state and federal levels, and we'll get much more into the currently pending lawsuit, Moore v. Harper, in a future episode. Why has North Carolina had so many maps? The straightforward answer is that the powers that be in the state legislature were dissatisfied with each previous set of maps and have continually sought to draw maps that better matched the goals of the legislature and the rules of the state constitution. Digging deeper into those goals, party alignments, and the goals. Digging deeper into those goals and the party alignments of the state legislature and the state courts will be part of the deep dive episode. Another fun fact, if you didn't know already, North Carolina judges are elected with party affiliations. This is both not true in all states and is a pretty recent development in North Carolina. So what do districts mean for you? Well, you very likely live in multiple districts. This is also separate from your polling place. When you look up your district for the U.S. House of Representatives, that is not specific enough to tell you what district you live in for state senate or state house. Knowing your district can make it easier to follow news about your particular representative should you choose to do so. It also means you're contacting the right person should you choose to contact your representatives. Contacting a representative who represents another district is totally allowed. It just may not help you achieve your goal if that person is unconcerned about winning your vote in November. Thank you for joining me. The Vote Local NC podcast, like all of Vote Local NC, cannot be paid for by candidates. We are a small 501c3 nonprofit committed to nonpartisan voter education. We can always be found at votelocalnc.org. Share your feedback with us by emailing contact at votelocalnc.org. If you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing it with a friend. See you next week and on November 8th.